Welcome back, everyone. I am Lynn Gilliland. This is a podcast, Lessons from Leaders, and I am so excited to have Bill Abrams, who was with us a couple years ago on our podcast. He is the former CEO of Trickle Up and his replacement, or maybe not his replacement, the current CEO of Trickle Up is Natalie Kylander. And um, we've just been talking, and so I'm feeling very excited about this podcast because we've been talking about their um, the the process, their experience of moving from Bill to Natalie and how that went. And I just said to them, they seem like friends and did they overlap at all because they have such a warm relationship. Um, so this is what I want to share with everyone, what this transition looks like, what this, the way Trickle Up did it. And also before, uh, just one other tidbit is neither of these people were traditional CEOs for a, an organization in the international development sector. So that's another great, um, just an interesting detail that, that I, I find to be innovative. So Natalie, I'd like to start, well, welcome to both of you. And Natalie, I'd like to start with you, which is you were telling us some of your expectations when you came in to trickle up about Bill. And can you just share those? Yes, happy to. And thank you so much uh, for doing this, Lynn. I, I think one of the things that I had in the back of my mind um, as I was transitioning in and, and Bill was transitioning out and we were spending quite a lot of time together in that transition process was I, because Bill had been at the organization so long, he, he was almost like a founder. And uh, my perception or what I had thought was that this was going to be very hard for Bill, that he was leaving an organization that he'd devoted his life to, and that this was going to be an emotional transition for him. And I was very conscious of the potential feelings of loss that he might have. But it's funny, we had lunch together a couple of weeks ago, and I, I confessed that to him. I said, I was really worried about you know, how this might affect you emotionally. And he said to me, not, not at all. I was so ready to, <laughs> was so ready to go. I had gotten used to the idea. And so it was interesting to me how some of my perceptions of what, what he might be feeling or, or experiencing were actually not true at all. So, Bill, what did you, how did you get there to that place of just him? I uh, decided to transition about two years before I actually did. Right. Uh, I got postponed a little bit because of the pandemic, but I came to a point of view. Uh, I was there for a total of 16 years. I'd been there a long time. The organization had transformed in many ways. Uh, and it was time for an, uh, a fresh pair of eyes, fresh leadership. I'm a strong believer in rejuvenation of leadership, uh, people not staying too long at the dance. And so I kind of reached that decision. And just also personal, I was, when I retired, I was 68 years old. I wanted to do some other things. Uh, so having that kind of lead time, and I was very transparent about it. So both prepare the organization and I guess prepare myself uh, emotionally, practically, whatever. Uh, you know, I continue to have very, very strong attachment and affinity for, for trickle up and, and um, you know, believe it has so much more important work to do, uh, but that it was just time and it was a natural process and it was cordial and friendly. There was no drama. Um, so all that made it easy. And, and the other thing I guess made it easy is I feel the board made a very good choice. Mm. Uh, so you always feel more comfortable if you feel like, okay, they found the right person for the next leg of the journey. And did you do anything, Bill, to like give her that space so she could 
come right in and put her own stamp on it. How do you prepare for that? Or Natalie, maybe from your side also, what did you, what felt like that was, that was the space for you? Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, I think um, between when I left Draper Richards Kaplan Foundation and started a trickle up, I ended up having about six to seven weeks, which was a great transition period for me. I did a lot of reflecting of what my values are, what's important. And I got a lot of time, I got a lot of time with Bill. So Bill and I met i think every other week or every 10 days and i just got a data data dump from him got all his experience and asked him a lot of questions about the history of trickle up and what he thought was important and so we did have an opportunity to have a lot of engagement and he was so generous in his you know willingness to give me the time give it give me the information and help me think about some of the next steps for trickle up um so that was you know, that was really important. Um, but there's one thing that Bill said several times, which is, okay, this is what I would do. And this is what I think we should do. But you are you and you're going to do things differently. And so you should just go ahead confidently and do that. So in some ways, he really gave me the permission, not necessarily to sort of follow his footsteps and be like a bill number two, but be completely different. And I think that was a very generous, um, generous thing to do. Thank you. It, it was necessary. Uh, in my time, I think we did transform the organization in many, many ways, staying true to the original values and mission, but, but everything else was different. Uh, and I sincerely feel that it's time to do that again. Uh, 16 years is a long time. Uh, and there were a lot of changes along the way. Uh, in terms of kind of preparation, uh, one thing is because the board had been very generous and it allowed me to be a kind of ex officio member of the search committee. So I knew a lot about Natalie before they finally uh, chose her. Uh, so that helped with the transition. And then, as she said, we met uh, regularly and really around used kind of two tools uh, to tell her as much as I could about trickle up, which was our strategic plan and some updates in the annual budget. Um, and, and, you know, someone gave me very wise advice early on. They said, do not try to force feed 16 years of experience, knowledge, relationships into this person's head. It's not possible. It's not possible for anybody. Um, so figure out what is really essential. The rest she'll figure out or she'll call you and say, what about this? Uh, I did not write the 50-page handover memo, uh, as one of my uh, former colleagues did, uh, the only thing I wrote specifically for this process was about a four-page memo that I gave her uh, just before our, our changeover in October. I said, here's what I see are eight critical issues for trickle up and uh, identifying the issue, making some recommendations. It was for her alone, didn't give it to the board or anybody else. Uh, that was kind of my parting, uh, uh, parting words. And, um, and that's it. You know, we've, we've had, you know, some exchanges and uh, a few lunches since then, but she's on her own. Uh, I'm here. I said, you know, I'm here if you need me. Um, and, and that was that. The other thing that was important, I think, in getting through this successfully was for myself being clear, what is it I wanted to do in my final year? You know, and a board member said, look, you're going to have a long, I've seen a lot of, and she's involved in CEO transition work, a lot of CEOs that they're scrambling around trying to do everything that was on their to-do list and their wish list. She said, be really clear about the few things that you want to do and be clear about the things that are important, but will be for someone else to do. 
Uh, and I really focused on three things, supporting the board in this process, uh, leading trickle up through a kind of strategic refreshed uh, process that we called Tune Trickle Up's Next Evolution, which was more diagnostic than prescriptive. And that was important not to kind of uh, paint, you know, all the frame that Natalie would then have a few place, spaces to fill in. And of course, we had to, to navigate through uh, the pandemic. Uh, and, and for the most part, I left the pandemic uh, issues, remote work and so forth to um, uh, mainly my two of my senior colleagues on the management team. So being really clear about what you can do or should do, and probably more importantly, what you should not attempt to do. And I know that in that transition, there's also what pulls on your heartstrings and then what other people are trying to pull you into. So it sounds like having those three very clear um, goals is helpful. And I'm wondering for you, Natalie, so you've been in the job five months, right? About five months. So what when you what you talked about, one thing that you expected was Bill having a hard time letting go. Anything else like you look back and you say, um, okay, this is what I see clearly that I didn't see clearly before. Um, well, I, I guess I'm still super nervous about um, getting funding in. I think that is my number one priority. And, you know, that I, I think I was more optimistic than I perhaps should have been about what can be accomplished quickly and under what time frame in terms of revenue generation and getting funding in. So I think that was a little bit of a surprise, not a surprise so much, but as um, kind of a, a little bit of a wake up. Um, but, you know, Bill also left me with a very strong team and a couple of team members in particular. Um, and during that transition, I had an opportunity to speak with them pretty much the whole team one-on-one -on -one. Um, and so I really you know I was really cognizant that both my VP of programs and my CFO were very strong and I could rely on them and so that was incredibly important for me coming into the role so that you know I was kind of hoping that would be true and five months in I can tell you yeah, that absolutely is true uh, so that um, you know I think that's a positive surprise in a way you know I didn't really know I was hoping but I wasn't sure and now I know that those uh, two colleagues in particular you know are incredibly strong and, and it, I'm also able to add you know what's unique about my background around brand building around communication um bill had hired a communication director just as i was transitioning in but he had reached out to me prior to making the offer this is before i joined and said i'm planning on making this offer uh to to the director of communications but he sort of gave me uh the opportunity to 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 put give my input i guess and you know, she and I are like unbelievable peas in the pod. I mean, I start a sentence and she finishes it. So um, I, I feel that's the other thing that I'm incredibly fortunate about. There's some really strong direct reports that I just, you know, can, can really rely on. I'm so struck by the supporting atmosphere by, um, again, it seems like you were colleagues and um, and then Bill just went on his way. So the supportive atmosphere, the, you know, the laying the groundwork the, for your success, but not just success for your, you know, for your thriving. Um, it's really, that's what's coming up for me. And Bill, were you 
going to jo- say something? I was just going to say, you know, every organization is different, but when you look at the key assets, senior management team, for example, uh, the board was an asset. We have a very strong board, very cohesive. This is not always the case, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, a very strong, distinctive organization with a very powerful mission, been around 42 years. So, sure, we have challenges. Everybody's always has challenge around money and so forth. But uh, it's all made that much better and easier by having those important assets in place. And talk about also you, as I mentioned at the start, that you yourself, Bill, come from a non-traditional background. You were a journalist. And you had been telling me about um, the the search for your replacement. How you it went? Um, you didn't. You looked wider than traditional. What people would think of a traditional CEO. So, can you talk about that? Um, well, as as I said, this the board was. They had a four person search committee, and they allowed me to elbow my way in and be a part of that process because I felt I had. Uh, a lot of things to offer. I've seen other situations. A friend of mine who ran a very important organization here in the city for 17 years, the board completely froze her out of the process. Why would they do that? Um, Again, it was a no drama transition. And, um, you know, so uh, that was, um, I think, helpful for all concerned. Uh, But I know that will not be the case for every organization. But I think sometimes people are a little too uh, uh, nervous or, or proper or something about not getting what's useful to get from the outgoing CEO. And Natalie's background is what, Natalie? It's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did about 10 years in the private sector in marketing and sales for Medtronic. Um, and then I was an academic for about 10 years, uh, doing a lot of research and teaching. Um, and I'd had prior experience uh, with Doctors Without Borders and the UNDP. Um, and then the last six years before joining Trickle Up, I was with the Draper Richards Kaplan Foundation. And so my job essentially there was sitting on boards of early stage nonprofit organizations and then working with the CEOs and the EDs to build their organizations. So you know, that that was a hodgepodge background in, in, in some sense. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was very compelled, obviously, by the mission. Uh, but, you know, it was, you always think about the process of hiring as a sort of one-way evaluation of a candidate, but I was evaluating the board as well. And so um, I really felt the amount of time that I had in front of the board, the questions they asked, um, really gave me some confidence. And then I did talk to a number of people who know Trickle Up but are not part of Trickle Up because I did my own due diligence as to whether this is, you know, something I wanted to do. This is my last job. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm getting close to 60 and and I really want to do something that is a capstone for my career. And um, so I was was careful about about this opportunity. And just... Uh, to add to that, first of all, I would disagree a little bit, Natalie, that it was a hodgepodge. There was an enormous amount of relevant experience. Uh, no, you had not run an NGO like Trickle Up. Uh, that was really the only missing piece. But comparing your CV with mine back in 2005, which was uh, you know clueless, I had obviously good communications experience. I had zero experience in international development or in running an NGO. Um, and, um, you know, and, and it's 
at first, and, and uh, of the five people who were actively involved in the search, myself and the four members of the search committee, a couple of us first looked at Natalie's resume and said, well, really impressive, but not right. Again, that uh, question on operating experience. And then uh, once, and then we had pretty much the same experience. Once we got to know Natalie better to talk to her instead of simply reading the questionnaire that the search firm gave her, um, uh, her, her rightness for this really came shining through. And, and, you know, you really need to think hard about what are the truly essential qualities you're looking for. Um, and it is not, at least in our case, it's not having years and years of experience in our particular slice of international development. It's deeper than that, more fundamentally. And, and she had all those things. Uh, and, and final comment, the, the statement you just made, this is the last job you expect to have, uh, was very important. It was clear to everybody, I think, the kind of motivation and what being part of Trickle Up for, for several years would mean for Natalie, because uh, that's, that's the fuel, right? Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like, okay, uh, there was another candidate who was very interesting. My, this probably would have been a stepping stone for him. Um, so that, that matters a lot, kind of the fire in the belly. It's interesting. It's a combination of everything she brings in her experience, her your style, Natalie, and then also, you know, that you um, the the energy, the passion, the fire in the belly part of it. And so, what would you? I think we've touched on a lot of things that you thought went well. Is there anything that you would say this is something you know? Note to self or note to others. This is a a, a step we would have taken differently looking back. Is that for me? <laughs> Either one of you or both of you. I'd like to hear from both of you. So I really questioned uh, the decision not to have, um, you know, some time together. Mm -hmm. I was a little nervous at first about this decision of like, okay, I'm done on Friday. Good luck on Monday kind of thing. I was a little nervous about that. But looking back on that, I think that's exactly the right decision because otherwise it gets confusing for people. And I think even now, you know, I have a slightly different leadership style. And so I think people, I think there's still a transition that's happening um, as people sort of get used to to to, uh, to my style and um, and um, so I don't know if I would have done anything differently. I actually think that was the right thing to do, but it was also because Phil and I had had quite a lot of time together. Um, so if you're going to do this, like one person ends on Friday and the other person starts on Monday, I think it's really good idea to have. Um, to have that transition time that we 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 created i mean it was it was a lot of time and it was a lot of um i think for me incredibly helpful the other thing i would say which is fundamental to my success in the early early months was that bill was very clear about what he just said to everyone this is the right person. You're going to like her. Mm -hmm. She's going to be great. And so he really, he really created such an easy on-ramp for me. You know, everybody had heard from him that this, that he felt like this was the right person and that um, everybody was going to, you know, kind of rally behind me. So he made that transition super easy for me. And it was a very generous thing to do. Um, well, it had the added benefit of being true. And, and part of the benefit of allowing me into the process was I could then genuinely endorse Natalie and I felt continuity and endorsement uh, was important. Uh, it was easy for me to do. 
Um, you know, on the question of overlap and, and, you know, ages ago after I announced my plans, my board chair said, well, we'll have some overlap period. I said, nope, we're not going to do that. We'll spend some time in advance. I'll be available, no charge afterwards. But I believe that there has to be absolute clarity around leadership from day one. Um, and as I said, I was available. It wasn't like I was going to another job. So um, I think it's important when you leave to make a clean exit from the stage, uh, uh, you know, Board chair also said, would you consider going on the board? I said, no. Uh, the last thing Natalie needs or the board needs is me, you know, saying, well, back in 2020, we tried this. So you need to go away completely, be available, but you need to move on and, and it's somebody else's turn. There's so much about self-knowledge or, or taking care of your ego, not letting your ego get in the way there because – just like this is what's best for the organization, this is what's best for the person replacing me, so that's best for the organization, and just stepping away. And it doesn't sound like it was a hard on you, although maybe internally it was, but it was a, such a gift to the or to trickle up and to to Natalie. So I'm I'm um, I'm I'm impressed by that level of knowledge and. Um, yeah, that's that sixth sense, which Bill, you you have such a good sixth sense on those things. Um, it's yeah, it's easy, especially as you're leaving in the final weeks, and everybody's doing testimonials left and right, and so many. Your my ego is just fulfilled completely. A beautiful book. People wrote all kinds of nice things. They put on like a whole variety. It was amazing. It was beautiful, um, but you can't. You know, you got, you got to be humble and you say, okay, that was all very nice. I appreciate the appreciation. Uh, I'm just one person who did his best. And there are lots of other people who can do this job. Um, so humility is really important, an important quality to this process and kind of knowing yourself and, and being uh, and, and humility uh, and non-egotistical about it. You know, trickle up is not me. Trickle up is lots of people around the world doing this work. Thank you, and, and thank you for naming the humility part. Yeah, Natalie. Oh, I'm just reflecting on something and listening. I think, you know, one thing that I didn't expect and I think is what Bill set the tone for in the culture of the organization. I mean, you can, you can imagine somebody who's really been there for 16 years and is very beloved that the next person coming in um, might, might get some resistance. But I think Bill set a culture of you know working hard and passion and a lot of empathy mm. people are very empathetic i just felt very supported and so there's a, something about you know a beloved leader setting also a culture of acceptance and embracement which which really was a fantastic uh was fantastic for me um and i don't feel like anybody's ever comparing me to bill which is weird in a way. Maybe they are, and they're just not telling me. <laughs> you're back, <laughs> I think, well, we had talked about, you know, what was the process you guys, the trickle up followed and those steps. And, but what's coming out for me more than that, those logistical things or those tactical things is what we're talking about now. The empathy, the compassion, the build, managing his own ego, setting you up for success by saying, you're going to love her. He sent, um, he sent me an email and said, you're going to like her. You're going to, she's great. You're going to like her. So, uh, you know, spreading that around, it's like, um, 
I have this image of he's laid all the roses out for you to walk on as you came in. <laughs> uh, to me, that's the the core of what uh, made this has made this work so well. So that's what I'm taking away though at this moment. Is there anything that you, um, either of you, would like to share that we haven't touched on? Um, something I said early on to the board after I uh, announced my decision, they were going to talk about process. I said, you have to look at this as a strategic decision for trickle up. It's not really about tactics, which headhunters should we hire, who's going to be on the search committee, all that process stuff. It's really a question of, What's trickle up? What's the world going to look like? And what's trickle up going to be doing um, about five years from now, 2025, 20, a new person comes in, need a little time to, to settle in, put their stamp on things. So you have to somehow, it's very difficult at this moment, right? Have uh, a vision of where you're going. And I believe for a lot of reasons in the world and the sector, it will have to be uh, different. So you're really thinking about what kind of person can lead that kind of organization uh, somewhere in the future, you know, how much, how tech savvy do they need to be? Technology is going to be an uh, important part of this. What, uh, you know, what part of the world should they come from? Um, and, and so really taking it in deeply as a strategic issue for a board, it's really about the organization, what's it going to be, and then what's the kind of leader we need for that, which is, uh, requires a lot of thought. It's more than just tuning up a job description or a job posting. Thank you. Natalie, anything that you'd like to add? You know, I think in terms of advice, I, I had a moment in the process, maybe towards the end, where I felt like I had a decision to make, which was I could be kind of bold and a little bit um, like, this is what I believe and this is where I think we should go. Or I could try to play it safe and say, oh, we can tune this up and do this and the other. And I decided to do the first, which is like, this is what my vision is. It's very different from what you guys are doing now. And um, so I did have that moment of hesitation as to which one to do. And then in the end, I said, well, I don't want to lead an organization that's just like little incremental changes here and there. I want to totally transform this organization and and the reason why is that the women who are living in extreme poverty today really deserve that and we need to reach millions of people not hundreds of thousands so i i was a little you know there was a decision point at, at, at one point where i just wanted to in the end i decided to be a little bold and lay it all out because that's what i want to do uh, as opposed to sort of being a safer tweaking, tweaking around the edges. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get there. It's, it's, it's rough. It's rough out there. There's a lot of crap happening. Um, but I just feel like trickle up has so much potential and um, it's just exciting and a huge privilege, you know, to be here. So that's the other thing I would share. If anybody's going for a job, be really true to what you believe, not because you want the job, but because you want to do the kind of work you want to do. And thank you. I, I wanted to pull that out to make sure that that, that, um, that didn't get lost. And we love Trickle Up. We can also say that. Trickle Up does good work. 
I, th I want to thank you both for your time, um, for sharing this story. I, I found it to be inspiring. It made me a little emotional a few times there. So um, well done, both of you. And thank you for coming on our podcast. And best of luck. Thank you, Lynn. Hopefully this, our experience will be helpful or applicable for other people. That's what's important here. I just hope people are as lucky as I have been because it really, um, it's really been great. Thank you all. See you next podcast. Okay. So long. Thank Bye. you again. Bye.